Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning. Uh, like Xander said, my name's Abel. I'm married to Karin, and uh, I'm also part of the full-time staff working for Doxedo. Um, and I really love what's happening here. We are so excited about the second morning service that is going to start. Uh, but this morning with this sermon, we're busy with our sermon series uh, called 2020 Vision, Divine Direction. And uh, I want to start off by asking you a question. If you were told that you can have a similar job to the job that you're having now, but it's going to be in another city, and you're going to get a 20% raise, would you take it? How many of you would go live in another city doing the more or less the same kind of job that you're doing now for 20% more money? Anyone like that? You should have waited. I'm willing to give you more. What if I told you, maybe more people would be into this, that uh, you're going to have more or less the same kind of job in another city for 50% raise in your salary? Anyone taking that one? Anyone? Or are you waiting for me to go a bit higher? <laughs> Let's just maybe close this deal. What if I told you you can have the same kind of job that you're having now, but in another city, and your salary will be tripled? Three times more money. Any takers? That makes sense, right? And so just with that, something that makes sense, uh, I actually have got some news that I want to share with you. So there's a, a church uh, on the beachfront in Durban, and uh, they are looking for a pastor, and they made me an offer that I just can't refuse. And so, you know, it's good money, so I'll be going. But the thing is, this church is actually looking for more than one pastor. So they made a very generous offer to Lorraine, an offer that he can't refuse. And so we're going to be moving sometime soon. See, some of you are very happy. You're not supposed to be happy. Come on. How am I supposed to preach after that? That's obviously just a joke, as many of you know, right? It's just a joke. Please don't post anything on Facebook. No one's moving. I'm not moving. Lorraine's not moving. We're still here. But that sounds wrong, right? Let me just maybe ask you this question. Why is it okay for you, but not for me? Why is it okay to move for the money for you, but not for me? You see, it sounds wrong for a pastor to say, well, there's more money, so I'm going to go. And then for the rest of us, we think, well, that's maybe okay. Here's what we believe in Doxadeo is that every single person is called by God. And we should be seeking the divine direction of God over our lives. And we're not saying that money is not important. But that should not be the only determining factor in terms of what you give your life to. Now, obviously, God wants to be generous with you, and maybe that's one of the ways in which he's showing you he's opening doors for you and somewhere else. But can I just say that should never be the only box that you try and tick. We should be living under the divine direction that God gives us with every decision that we make because we are all children of God, and God has got a calling for every single person, doesn't matter what kind of job that you have. And that's what the series is also about. It's about figuring out what is it that God wants from me. Now, I'm willing to bet that, that, that what I just said, that is all of our desire. All of us want to live for a bigger context. We all want to live for, the, for eternity. We don't just want to live for a salary. We want to live for something bigger. And I'm pretty sure to say this morning in church that all of us would say yes to that. I want to hear what God's direction is for me. I want to have clarity or 2020 vision on what he wants to me to do in this year 
But you see, our challenge isn't the heart issue. It's just like we don't know how to figure it out. Have you ever felt like that? It's like, yes, I want it. You know, they always say in church, you must listen to God. But how? How do I hear his voice? How do I get his divine direction with these decisions that I have to make? All of us make difficult decisions quite often, right? Think about the last big decision that you had to make. Maybe there was a decision you had to make this week. My wife and I, we're constantly thinking about this thing. We've got a four-year-old, and we're wondering, like, you know, are we making the right decision when it comes to his schooling? He's in a small school now. Should we move him to a bigger school, or is it better for him to stay in the small school? And you think about all the advantages with the small school, but then there's other advantages with the bigger school. You know, what should we do? God, help us. Tell me what to do. Maybe you're young, and you're wondering, who's the one? You know, who should I marry? Or what should I do with my life? Maybe you're 40 years old or 50 years old. You're still wondering, what should I do with my life? God, should I make a career change? What should I do? Wouldn't it be great if God just told us what to do? Just imagine, you know, 2020 vision is this thing that you've got perfect vision. Like, it's perfect eyesight and, you know, it's a play on word, clever, like 2020 vision. We should have vision. But just imagine for a moment, you can have perfect eyesight on every single decision. You don't have to go to Netflix to your list. Like, God just tells you what you're going to be watching tonight. It's like, you don't have to decide what chocolate to take. God tells you what chocolate to take or not to take a chocolate, I suppose. That's what he would tell us. Before, I just actually want to tell you a joke on 2020 vision, this idea of, of having very good eyesight. I don't know if you've heard this joke before, but there's two farmers. The English farmer, Steve, farmer Steve, and then Boer Piet. They're neighbors. And so Steve wants to buy a horse. And Steve goes to Boer Piet and he says, Boer Piet, Birman, I see that you've got horses. I want to buy a horse. And then Piet says, yes, Birman, I sell you a horse. Which one? And then Steve says, what about that one? I like that one. And then Pete says, Steve, that horse, it don't look so good. And then Steve says, no, there's nothing wrong with that horse. It's fat. I, I like the way that lo horse looks. I, I like that one. He says, Steve, that horse don't look so good. And Steve says, no, I want that one. If you're willing to sell it to me, give me that one. And then Boer Pete says, OK, fine. Have it your way. You can have it. And then a week later, Steve phones Boer Pete. And he says, Pete, you sold me a blind horse. The horse you gave me can't see. And I say, yes, Steve, I tell you, that horse don't look so good. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if we could have perfect eyesight? Yeah, that, that joke has got nothing to do with the sermon. Don't worry. It's just, just a good joke. I would love to tell you this morning, or it would have been nice if I could tell you this morning, I've got a formula. If you just follow this formula, then God's going to tell you what to do with every single decision in your life. You're going to have a direct passage. He's going to tell you which chocolate to take, or which movie to watch on Netflix, the big decisions, the small decisions, all of it. Would have been great, right? But you see, the reality is you know that's not the way it works. You know that's not the way it works. Why? Because that's not the way God works. If he wanted us to have that kind of clarity, he wouldn't have made us humans with freedom. He didn't make us robots. He gave us life to live. He also gives you freedom to make decisions. And even though he's involved and he wants to guide you, he wants you to live your life also. Now, I've got evidence for this that people in the Bible didn't always just know what to do. 
Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. So one would think that everything he did, he had this direct line to God and he knew exactly what to do. But just quickly listen to his language in 1 Corinthians 16 verses 6 to 9. It starts off by saying, certainly. No. It says, perhaps. Sounds like this guy's a bit unsure. He says, perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter. He's not sure what he's going to do because he doesn't have like perfect clarity on every single thing. So that you can help me on my journey. It sounds like he didn't even have a plan on his journey. He's hoping maybe you can help me. I don't know. Wherever I go. Didn't even know where he was going. For I do not want to see you now and make a, only a passing visit. I hope, it's not I know, I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. I'm not sure what God wants. I'm not exactly sure. He hasn't told me exactly what he wants, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because I see a great door of effective work has opened for me. It's like, I see something's happened. I think maybe this makes sense. I'm going to do that. And there are many who oppose me. And so the Bible doesn't give us this answer that don't worry we're going to give you a formula you're going to know exactly what's going to happen when and where and there's going to be no opposition it's difficult figuring god's divine direction out for your life is something of a process sometimes now instead of asking god god tell me what to do maybe our prayer should rather be god give me wisdom to decide now, maybe God doesn't always tell us what to do. Maybe he gives us wisdom which we can use to make decisions. Let me maybe give you an example. I've got a four-year-old boy and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So Caleb is four years old this week. He asked me, it was maybe about half past six, and he asked me if he can play outside. But we busy having dinner. They already had a bath. And then I tell him, well, no, you can't go and play outside. So he asked me, Dad, can I or can't I? No, you can't because we're eating now and we're going to get you ready for bed. You already had a bath. Don't go play outside. But now just quickly fast forward some years. Just imagine Caleb is 21 years old. And maybe he's working somewhere. Maybe he's studying here at the university across the street. And uh, he phones me at half past six in the evening. And he says, Dad... There's a couple of guys, they're going to go play touch rugby now. Can I go and play with them? You know, would I want that? It's like, Dad, can I go and play outside now? It's like, well, I don't know. Is your, is your work finished for tomorrow? Have you got a test tomorrow? If you don't, I suppose you can. I want him to be able to make those decisions. Hopefully I've raised him with enough wisdom that he can decide at the age of 21 whether he can go and play outside. Would I want for him to come and ask me every single decision, can I, can't I? Which movie should I watch tonight, Dad? I know, my boy, I taught you wisdom. You know what kind of things to stay away from and what kind of things would be good for you. You decide, you decide. It's your life. Maybe God has given you a life to live where you're going to make decisions. And that's a beautiful thing. God gives us freedom so that we can make decisions and also so that we can make this big decision to love him back. He chose to love us, and we get to choose to love him back because that's real love. If we were just robots, we, weren't been, we wouldn't have been in a relationship with God. And so if that's the case, if you agree with me and say, well, maybe that's more like what life looks like, 
is that there's a bit of freedom that we have in which we can decide things. Then our prayer should not necessarily always be, God, tell me what to do. Maybe our goal should be, God, give me wisdom to decide. Now, I firmly believe that there are those moments when we ask God, God, tell me what to do, and He tells us. There are those moments, but I really believe that most of the time, God works in a different way. He shapes our heart. He shapes our mind. And as we learn Christ and we grow in wisdom, we get to make better quality decisions and we get to follow God um, in this life that we are living. Now Solomon understood this. He became king. God said, I'll give you anything you ask me. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. What did Solomon say? He says, God, if I can have anything, give me wisdom to rule. I want your wisdom to rule. And then God says, because you asked for wisdom and not for the other things, I will also give you these other things. And that's how wisdom works, right? If you're wise, usually the doors open in many other areas of your life because you've got wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. But I love this word that it uses. It says, getting wisdom. It's something of a proactive uh, posture that you have. You are gaining wisdom. It's the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. It's something that you grow. Develop good judgment. And so that comes uh, to the question or brings us to the question, how do I develop good judgment? How do I gain wisdom? If that's your question tonight, oh, oh, this morning, sorry, I'm used to preaching in the evening. And if that's your question this morning, I want to give you three things that I believe will help you to gain and grow in wisdom. The first one is walk. It's the people that you walk with. Secondly, it's to ask God because he says he wants to give it to you. And thirdly, it's to make decisions. That's the only way that you're going to learn. Walk, ask, and decide. So the first, first one, Proverbs 13 verse 20 says the following. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. If you surround yourself with wise people, you're going to grow in wisdom. If you surround yourself with fools, you're going to suffer harm. It's like my boy Aiden. They say boys are easier than girls, but I think that only counts if you have one boy. As soon as you've got two, they, they come up with some plans together. They become this you know, companion of fools, and then Aiden does what Caleb thinks is a good idea, and then he suffers harm because he's a companion of fools. And so this holiday, we were, you know, by the sea visiting the grandparents and the one day they, they decided they want to protect my, the granddad's bucky and so they took sun cream and they washed the whole bucky with sun cream, you know, which I suppose wasn't too bad. We never told them, you know, don't do that, uh, but we explained maybe in future don't do that again. Um, the other day I heard a story about a guy that went to a pastor and he says, listen, pastor, I want to serve God and I want to stop doing drugs. I want to serve God and I want to stop doing drugs. You know what the pastor did? He didn't pray for him. He asked him this simple question. How many of your friends serve God and how many of your friends don't use drugs? And he says, well, no one. They all use drugs and none of them serve God. And he says, well, that's where your problem is. Try and change that and it's going to become a lot easier to serve God. You're not going to struggle with drugs. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fool, fools suffer harm. You see, it's almost impossible to live the right life if you've got the wrong friends. We hear this when we grow up, but this is really a biblical truth. It's impossible to have the right 
life if you've got the wrong friends. And that's why many people say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Another version of that is some people say that you will become the average of the five people you spend most time with. You will become the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. And they've actually researched some of that and it, it seems like it is true. And I want to quickly share with you, if you want to grow in wisdom, and so this idea of walking with the wise, I've seen this happen in my own life in three specific areas that I could think of. Now, the first ones, I remember when I just got saved, when I started serving God in my first year, 2006, I was walking with not the wise, but the wild. I was staying in a male residence. It was a wild place. And then no one there was helping me to serve Jesus. And then I went, I came to this church, uh, it changed my life. And then I had a friend, Thew, and I started hanging out with Thew. We would spend hours together. Like we would like, you know, sleep over. I would sleep over at his house. He would come to, to my place and he'd visit there until two o'clock in the morning. And I said, listen, let's just get a mattress, just a mattress, just sleep over because uh, tomorrow morning we can keep on chatting. And we would spend hours talking about scriptures. And he would teach me. I would, for instance, say, you know, this friend of mine, he's really unsaved. I don't know what to do. Instead of giving me advice, he said, well, let's pray for him. And he would close his eyes and he'd start praying. And by walking with him, he taught me how to pray. Lots of the spiritual disciplines that I put in place early on was because I was walking with Theo. As simple as that. I remember the first Sunday I came to church. After that, you know, God worked in my life. And he said, okay, so Tuesday night, we are going there. It's not a discussion. He wasn't asking. It's like saying, that's where we're going because we're walking together. Tuesday night, we went to this course, discipleship course. And he says, okay, Thursday night, we're going to community group. And I was just walking with him, walking with the friends he was walking with, and if there's any success in my spiritual walk with God, it's because I was walking with the wise early on. That's the one area. The other area that I'm really so thankful for, and I want to say this, if you want to find wise people, look around you. If you want to find wise people, God has given us church. That is one of the reasons why I believe in church, is because it is the council of many. It is a community of believers, and there are wise people around you. So the second part where I found wisdom, you see the, the wild crowd that I was hanging out with, the way that they looked at women was in a very selfish way. Women, that ladies, it's just something you use for your own benefit, and then maybe later on when you're older, it would be good to find a wife, you know, and then she can do the cooking and, you know, raise kids, because it's cool to have kids. That was sort of the idea when it came to women. And then I started coming to church, and I saw young men looking differently at ladies, saying, no, 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 the goal is purity. The goal is to find a wife. And that influenced me. And because I walked with the wise, I started doing it in a different way. I saw young husbands serving their wives because I was in their homes. We would spend time with people that were older than us, me and my friends. We would invite ourselves over for lunch or for dinner at older people's places because we wanted to gain wisdom, mostly because we were hungry, but also because we wanted to grow in wisdom. You need to surround yourself with people that are maybe more experienced than you. What I saw in church is fathers changing nappies. 
And if there's any success in my marriage and in my fathering today, it's not because of me. It's because of the men and women that I've been walking with and the examples that I've seen in their lives. If you want to gain wisdom, walk with the wise. The third area where this has helped me extremely has been in the area of finances. As a young guy, I've always wanted to have financial stability. But do you know if you want to... If you want that, it doesn't help if you hang with the broke. If you're going to hang with the broke, you're going to be broke. It's as simple as that. And so I've got these two, it's almost like Farmer Steve and Boer Piet. I've got these two guys, I call them my financial mentors. They're just actually my friends, but I also go to them for advice when it comes to finances. The one's English, his name is Tim. The other one is Afrikaans, his name's actually Piet. And they know a bit more about money than what I do. They've got, they've got a background in finances. They're a little bit older than me. And my wife and I, we spend lots of time with them. And in two areas, they've helped us so much. Areas that we were not succeeding. They've helped us. The one was on, on thinking about, like, if you're a young person, where do you invest? What would be a stupid decision when it comes to your money? Like, you know, buying clothes on a credit card, something like that. And what would be wise decisions? What can you do now as a young person? And because we were walking with the wise, we've been able to make quality decisions in that area. Another area, we've always had the desire, we want to be generous. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that every single person here does not have a heart issue when it comes to generosity. We all want to be generous. But I didn't have a heart problem, I had a planning problem. <laughs> And these guys, they were helping me, and I heard, I asked them, so how do you do it? How do you get it right? I was struggling to just tithe, you know, and just be generous, like I was struggling with that. And they said, you know, the problem is you do it at the end of the month. End of the month, you're never gonna have money. That's just like, I don't know, a human rule or something. Just like you pay your bills beginning of the month, make sure beginning of the month you make good decisions. And so I started tithing beginning of the month, and then I heard from these guys, they actually have a portion in their budget that they plan that they're going to give away. So they don't decide each month, they plan it in advance, they put it in their budget. And we thought, well, wow, I didn't have a heart issue, I had a wisdom issue. My problem wasn't a heart issue. It was a wisdom thing. And because I was walking with the wise, we've been able to set some of those things in place. And we still phone them when we've got decisions to make because we believe in walking with the wise. And I want to just quickly say this. If you're a bit older, maybe you're in your 40s and your 50s, and you're fairly successful maybe in business and whatnot, don't say to yourself that, yes, that's a very good advantage. Like, I'm ho I hope my son is listening to this, or the young people, you know, they should listen to this. I want to say, maybe if you're older, maybe you also need to find men and women that are a little bit further along the line than you, that have maybe walked around, maybe find someone that's even more successful than you, or just maybe a bit more experienced than you, so that you can also learn from the wise. Find someone. If you don't have someone, find someone to walk with in whichever area. If it's in your marriage, go and find people that you think resemble something of a, a God-honoring marriage and go and spend time with them. And that's why God gives us the church, which is a great starting place, but you don't have to be limited to the church. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. The second point is ask. We can ask for wisdom because God wants to give us wisdom. God, God doesn't want you to, to, I don't know, bump your toe or hurt yourself. God doesn't want you to suffer harm. 
God wants you to make good decisions, so therefore we can ask him for wisdom. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God says, ask for wisdom, and I will give it to you so that you can make better decisions. Psalm 32 verse 8 says the following, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. God is saying he's a good father. I'm going to guide you. I will advise you and watch over you. You see, you need to understand that God is not this formula that you have to figure out to live the perfect life or like to have divine direction. No, no. He is a father and he says, I am for you. I want to advise you and I want to give you wisdom. I want to guide you in your pathway. Now, I believe that sometimes we, we struggle with perfection. We think I have to make the perfect decision every single time. Maybe just thinking about, you know, marrying the one. A lot of young people here also today, and you think, okay, who's the one I should marry? Who's my soulmate, right? We put so much pressure on ourselves, like, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to do nothing because I'm afraid I'm going to fall in love with the wrong person. Let me just maybe ask you this question. You know, it's a real problem if one person on planet Earth, if there's a one perfect person for every single person, so there's one soulmate for every single guy and girl, you know what happens if one person disobeys and they marry the wrong person, then the whole system is broken, right? So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of you are sitting there and thinking, yes, I'm the one that broke the system. I married this guy, you know? <laughs> But maybe there's a bit more freedom. And I think, I think often I've got a picture of a road that I want to show you. And I remember someone uh, teaching me this principle is that I was also living in this mindset of I just want to make sure I don't miss the will of God for my life. I want to serve God, but I'm so afraid that I'm going to miss. You know, what do I do if I, if I hear him wrong? You know, what if it's not God speaking, it's the devil or it's just my own thoughts? You know, and then we're so scared, and it's like this formula that we're trying to figure out instead of seeing God as a father that loves us and gives us freedom and says that I am going to guide you. I'm going to make sure you're not going to fall off the path. It's like this line in this road. It's that I used to have this picture. It's like I have to walk on this line. God's perfect will for my life is like the line in the middle. And then you're walking, trying to keep your balance, like walking on a tightrope. It's like just, just make sure you don't miss the will of God. God, you know, should I do this or should I do that? You know, is he the one? Is she the one? You know, which chocolate to eat and all of those things. Like you, you're wondering, like, which school should I put my kid? You know, I want to be obedient to God. Uh, should I change careers or not? And, and you actually living in fear. Do you think God's direction for your life is supposed to be that difficult? I mean, for everything that God gave us in the Word, do you think it's supposed to be so difficult to hear the voice of God? Is it supposed to be so difficult to live a life that pleases God? No. Jesus came so that the distance can be canceled and so that we can live a life of freedom, a life of abundance, 
So that we don't have to live with this thing of guilt and am I making a mistake? Constantly asking yourself the question, am I making a mistake? Now, I think it's a lot more like that road. So like God's giving you the whole road. And you can walk. You can walk a little bit to this side and, and like do what you want. Why? Because God loves it when you live out some of the passions in your own heart. And you do things the way that you do them because he made you that way. Because there's freedom. It's a relationship. Sometimes I love just watching my kids just being themselves. Not trying to be a copy of me, just doing their own thing. I love it. Maybe God gave you that kind of freedom to walk. You know what's going to happen if you walk off that road? What's going to happen? You're going to feel it, right? Standing here, I can feel something is different. <laughs> right? Isn't that going to happen? When you maybe start walking off the tar road and onto the, I don't know, where the gravel is and the grass, you're going to feel like, okay, wait, wait, something is different now. I need to come back, right? I believe that God can speak clearly to us. And when you get to the side of the road, God's going to say, no, 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 my son. No, 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 my girl. A little bit back. And he's going to guide you. And he's going to guide you in the path that he wants for you. God gives you freedom, but we also need to trust that God is a good father and that he's going to tell you when you're going off the, off the road. Obviously, God's going to speak to you. And then it's your job to be obedient because it is possible to go on in that direction and to disobey God. I believe that also. And to not listen to the wisdom that he gives you in a church community like this. But when the people around you are saying, listen, I don't, I'm not too sure about that. And you start feeling something's different. Maybe God wants to speak to you. But the point is God is maybe giving us freedom. So the whole road and not the line in the middle. The third thing, the way that you're going to gain wisdom is by making a decision. Sometimes, some of you need to hear this this morning. You need to decide. Maybe there's something you need to decide on left or right. Do I do this or that? Just make a decision. Sometimes the unwisest thing you can do is to not make a decision. Sometimes a bad decision is better than no decision. Because you know what happens when you make a bad decision? You get wisdom. You realize, okay, I shouldn't do that again. <laughs> that doesn't work. And if you speak to some people that are maybe more advanced in, in, in years sitting here today, they will tell you, if I only knew then what I know now, how do they know it? because they've been making many decisions. Some of those decisions worked, many of them didn't. And so at some, at some level, we need to also understand that we need to make a decision and that God will guide us. And even when you make the bad decision, guess what? God's right there. He's a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And he's going to guide you. You're not going to fall off the planet Earth. He's going to guide you in that. And I've got a scripture to back that up in terms of making decisions. Speaking about Paul, man that wrote most of the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 3 verses 1 and 2, he says the following. When we would stand it no longer, we thought it was better to be left alone in Athens. And we sent Timothy, our brother, to strengthen and encourage you. We thought it was better. It wasn't we prayed and the Lord saith unto his servant, you know, Paul, you shall do this and this and this. We thought it was better, so we did that. Sometimes you can trust that God is with you and that you've got the mind of Christ. You've got access to the mind of Christ. If you spend time with God, what's going to happen? You learn his heart. You learn his mind. And they, then you are equipped to make good decisions. 
We thought it was better. Let me just quickly tell you this. God spoke to us about planting this church. But many decisions were made. You know, at church, we don't, we don't pray about every small thing. A lot of decisions went into this building. The fact that the chairs should be stacked the way they are now, and this is the front, and that's the back, and that's where the entrance is, there wasn't a lot of prayer into that. There was a lot of deciding. Why? With, like, Lorenz's experience, he knows about chairs. He's packed some chairs in his life. You know, he's got, like... 10, 13 years experience of packing chairs. Donny has got 30 years of experience packing chairs. And so we made some decisions. We would be a good spot for the coffee machine. Well, maybe over there. Kids registration. Well, we thought it best that it's there because the kids' classrooms are over there. Makes sense, right? I think God loves it when we also make quality decisions. We come together and we also decide. There's a level of freedom that God has given you. It shouldn't be something that we are scared of. Our goal should be to gain what? Gain wisdom so that we can make better decisions. Now with that, before I finish off, I just want to say this. I'm not at all saying that we should not ask God for direct answers. You know, sometimes when we make decisions, that's when God didn't give a clear moral code like he does in the Bible. There are many things that God has made it real clear. On certain things, this is a yes, that is a no. Then obviously we have to be obedient to that. But when there's no clear moral code like where the chair should be facing, you know, just make a decision and learn from those decisions. At the same time, I want to say this. Many, many times God has spoken to me not from like a clear moral code, like I, I asked God, like, what should I do? And I experienced God speaking to me. And God still does that. And we should have faith that God will continue to do that. But that's not the only way he speaks. Sometimes he gives us freedom and he rather gives us not, he doesn't tell us what to do, but he gives us wisdom to decide. It's both of those things. Sometimes God will tell you what to do. But sometimes God's just going to give you wisdom to decide and make sure that you tap into the wisdom that you get. Now, I want us maybe just to stand as a way of response, um, and I want to share maybe one last thought. You see, in the Bible, we, we see a book of pro like Proverbs, and in the Old Testament, there's lots of wisdom that is given us. But when we look at the Bible, what has actually happened, God is happening, is God is busy revealing himself to us from the beginning. And as we continue reading, we learn something about the character of God, about how, how God thinks and who he is. And then in the person of Jesus, it is the pinnacle of God's revelation. Jesus is the full revelation of who God is. And so we find that in the person and in the work of Jesus. Now, in the same way, wisdom is not a knowledge. Wisdom is a person. You see, in the same way in the Old Testament, we discover wisdom literature. And it says a whole bunch of things, but it doesn't give us all the answers that we're looking for. And then comes Jesus, and he says that I am wisdom. If you want to walk with the wise, I am the wise. If you want to walk with the wise, walk with Jesus. He is wisdom itself. And so that is why it's so important that you pray to Jesus, that you get to know Jesus, that you read your Bible consistently. Why? Because as you're doing that, and when you read your Bible, don't try and look for answers, not the book of answers. You're looking for a person. And when you get to know this person, who Jesus is, the way that he did things, the way that he thinks, the way his heart is, what happens? You are learning Christ. 
And when you're doing that, that empowers you to make different kinds of decisions because you know Jesus. And in the moment of deciding left or right, it's as simple as those, those little armbands that says, what would Jesus do? I know Christ. I live with Christ. And therefore, I've got wisdom to decide. I've got the mind of Christ because I get to learn who Christ is. And that should be our desire. And I want us to, to pray that prayer is to not see wisdom as this thing of knowledge, but to understand that wisdom is a person. And Jesus comes, he cancels the, the distance between us and God, and he makes this promise. He says, I and my Father will come and make our home in you. Then you get to what? You get to walk with the wise all of your life. That's what we've got access to. We can walk with Christ in this life. Let's pray that together. If that's your desire, if you want wisdom like that, wisdom to decide, and you want uh, the person of Christ to get, get to know him better so that you have more wisdom, you can maybe just do whatever you want, just to, I don't know, put up your hands just as a sign saying, God, I want that, and then I'm going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, that is my desire. I want to become wiser. God, I thank you for the gifts that you've given us to equip us to make us wiser. Thank you for church community that gives us access to wisdom, God, that gives us access to other people's experience. Thank you for that. Thank you that you love us in that way, God, through a community. But God, most of all, we thank you for your presence in our life. Thank you that we get to walk with you each day and therefore be walking with the wise. And God, I want to pray just for some people that need to make difficult decisions at this moment in time. Maybe if that's you, you can just quickly raise your hand and say, if there's a decision you need to make and you don't know what to do, I want to quickly pray for you. If there's anyone like that, you can quickly put up your hand. There's a couple of people. God, I want to pray for each hand that's put up. God, that you'd give them wisdom. And that you even talk to them, God. Maybe you want to just speak to them, God. Maybe through a prophetic word, through someone else. But God, I want to ask you to answer their prayer of asking for wisdom, God. May you answer them and that they would know what to do. Because we know that you give us that promise in James. That if we lack wisdom, we can come to you and we can ask. And we thank you for your guidance. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.